You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am putting on my seatbelt for two reasons. Literally, figuratively, I literally just put it on. And figuratively, it's Auburn week, so we all need to be buckled up. Uh, that's true. And if Bo Nix keeps driving us down these bumpy roads, we better get make sure our airbags are in good shape, too, because uh, <laughs> yikes, man. That uh, I hope everybody got to hear our podcast yesterday. We sort of lit into him a little bit. Um, and and we should have. I mean, frankly, uh, <laughs> I just feel like that was such a lowbrow thing to do. And then Bryce Young comes out and basically says, you know, he was asked about Bo Nix coming and said, look, that's just external stuff we can't control. And, uh, you know, everybody's got to do their own thing. It, it, and I made this comment. Bo Nix, oh, excuse me, Bryce Young sounds like a quarterback destined for NFL greatness eventually. Bo Nix sounds like an Auburn fan playing quarterback. I mean, tell me where I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you compare and contrast Bo's comments to Bryce's, uh, I think there's a, a, a level of uh, of maturity there, to be honest. I mean, uh, I mean, Bryce just handles everything like that perfectly, and, and Bo is learning this week. But, hey, you know, part of a uh, – part of going to college is uh, learning and educating yourself and, and learning from mistakes and learning a better way to do things and new ways to think about things. And um, I think that's what we're, uh, that's what Bo's finding out this week. I think, I think, uh, I think this week is, it could possibly be titled uh, the education of Bo Nix. And, I, and I, the irony of his not being able to play in this game while making those comments is not lost on anybody, by the way. Because do I think he would say those things if he knew we were playing? Probably not. Um, and I also think this is why when when Auburn fans wonder, why can't we have nice things? Why, why aren't we up there with a Clemson? We have all the resources of a Clemson. Why can't we be Clemson? Well, one of the and why have we lost at least four games every year since 2014? Well, one of the reasons is because the culture of the program is to whine and blame everybody else but you. And I, I think it's again, um, I think I said on the podcast yesterday in the Auburn Creed, which is, I mean, it's extremely noble. If you really want to believe the Auburn Creed, okay, it's noble and and that's cool. But there's nowhere in the creed that says, you know, I believe in work, hard work as long as I don't feel like I'm getting screwed by somebody else and then I'm going to complain on a national radio show. <laughs> There's nowhere in the creed that says that, right? Uh, I've, I've, it's been a while since I've gone over the creed. It, I, I have read it. I have heard it. Uh, I don't recall that in, in, the, in the creed at all. And here's the biggest reason they aren't Clemson. Uh, and with my experience in Auburn, uh, they would have fired Dabo Sweeney before he got built uh, what he was building at Clemson. Dabo didn't True. build it overnight. There were some rough times. There were some losses. There were some losses to bad teams. There's a lot of blown big leads. Uh, Auburn would have fired Dabo before he had built what, what, what he got built at Clemson. 
And to be fair to Auburn there, I think a lot of people would have fired Dabo. I'm not so sure Alabama would be able to hang on to a guy who give up 70 to West Virginia, right? I mean, in a bowl game. We're going to fire I mean, the it... next guy. The, we're going to fire the next guy the first time he gives up a first down. <laughs> there that's is coming. no doubt about it. That's, I mean, that's coming. Like, like, I don't blame Auburn for having a quick trigger. I mean, we all kind of have quick triggers at this point. So I, I don't blame them for that. What I do say, though, if for Bo Nix and anybody who wants to defend Bo Nix, uh, seriously, uh, I hate to take a cue from the guys on the XM show. Oh, God, what is that? The, the, not the first team. It, that's the old show. And then there's uh, uh, Off Campus. Uh, and then there's – what's the one with Rick Neuhausel and Chris Childers? What's the name of the show? On, uh, on uh, Sirius Radio? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean – I would just, I've forgotten I would just my whole point. The, I call it the New Heisel Show. I'm sure that's okay. not the name of it. By the way, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of listening to them either, but I listen to them because uh, they are a college football show and I like college football. But they always have a segment called Get Yourself Together, which is something that um, Homer Smith used to say to Rick Newhouse all the time. And I think anybody who sides with Bo Nix on this uh, argument that he should have said what he said needs to get themselves together. Jimmy, we're going to, I'm still in New York. I'm coming back tomorrow. And uh, so we're going to do the same thing we've been doing a couple of times this week, where it's just you and me for this segment. And then you're going to give a couple of random opinions on the next two segments. So uh, really quickly, while you've got me on the phone, because my time is incredibly valuable, as you well know. Um, you know that. I, I say that with a lot of sarcasm. Um, is there anything going on in the world of Alabama that I need to uh, throw an opinion on? Well, I think one of the most interesting things this week is just simply, uh, just simply the, the the benching of Josh Job. Was that um, did, was it solely to do with the fact that he was really struggling to get Arkansas and Traylon Burks covered? I mean, was, was it that, or, or or was it the turf toe, or much like the Chris Owens Damian George situation? If everybody hasn't noticed, I mean, Chris Owens is benched. They're not sharing time. I mean, Damian George is the right tackle. And now Chris Owens is the sixth guy uh, on the offensive line. But, uh, you know, at corner is uh, when they trot out there for that first snap against Auburn, uh, we know Jalen Armour Davis will be at one corner. Who's going to be at the other corner, Job or, uh, or Kool-Aid McKinstry? I could be wrong. I don't know this. Uh, they, don't, they don't send me the memo. I don't get to go to practice. But uh, I, I'm just guessing I think it's going to be uh, Kool-Aid. I think Kool-Aid is the new – starting uh cornerback and josh job has been uh chris owens you know and i can live with that to a degree um i, I can live with that because i i would i love the idea of of Cooley mckinstry starting in jordan Hare stadium uh just to piss everybody off i kind of get that um at the same time i think that maybe this means josh job who uh could come back for another year i don't know that he will but maybe this will make him think, hey, I need to come back for another year. Hell, I don't know. Maybe maybe he doesn't need to come back for another year. Maybe we we will recruit past him. I don't know. But I think that it would be great to have Josh Joe back another year. With that, Not saying that, I mean, it would be a weird twist in this day and age with the transfer portal and the way people uh, like Eli Ricks and who seem like dyed-in-the-wool LSU guys are entering a transfer portal or guys who lose their starting position one day and enter the transfer portal the next. It'd be an ironic twist that somebody being benched 
might actually encourage them to come back another year. Maybe I'm just, uh, you know, got my head in the clouds. But what do you think about that? Well, I will be surprised if Josh Job is back at Alabama next year. My, my feeling is he's going to enter this draft. And, he, and, and even if benched, he will be drafted the first three rounds on measurables alone. Uh, that's what I believe. Uh, so I believe he's going to go to the NFL. I think the second most likely thing would be if he returns is that he would enter the portal. Uh, but uh, I think a more general statement I would like to make on the subject is this. I don't care if you're benched. Uh, during the season, if you were a starter at Alabama at any point in 2021, I will welcome you back with open arms in 2022 because you should take all the experience and good players on your roster. You could get uh, what I do. All right, everybody. As you can tell, we have lost Jimmy. We've lost Jimmy. But you know what? Jimmy's going to be back here in just a second because I'm still flying back from New York City. And uh, so I'm going to do these live reads real quick. And then I'm going to have Jimmy do a couple of segments by his darn self. First of all, I want to tell you about Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com or their award-winning app, either way, is a great way to go and play daily fantasy. It is so much fun. You can uh, take over-unders on different players like Bryce Young, over-under on passing yards or TDs, or Tank Bigsby, over-under on rushing yards or TDs. So I'm trying to push you in a direction where you will use prize picks for the Iron Bowl. It'll be so much fun. It'll really change the way that you look at college football. And uh, it's a ton of fun. You can use it for any sport, too. Prizepicks.com or use their award-winning app. And if you use the promo code Locked On, you will get a 100% bonus up to $100. So go to prizepicks.com or use their award-winning app, ASAP. Also want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a place to go for these delicious, nutritious uh, candy bars that aren't candy. That's what they are, candy bars that aren't candy. And they just taste awesome. They're good for a keto or a keto diet, as Jimmy will tell you. I'm in a Sky uh, Delta Sky Bar. What do you call these things? Delta Sky Club. Yeah, Sky Club. And um, I'm doing this live read at uh, 6 15 in the morning and i wish i had a built bar they've got a bunch of stuff over here that i don't like you can hear kids giggling in the background and a built bar would be like calgon it would just take me away i would absolutely love it built bar go to built.com use promo code locked on get that discount promo code locked on at built.com for these delicious nutritious built bars Finally, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in. You know you want to bet on college football, but now you can bet on college basketball. You can bet on pro football. You can bet on bet, uh, pro basketball. I went to check out the Knicks last night. That was a lot of cool. I didn't bet on anything just because I forgot, and I had my children with me, but that's okay. Uh, you can go If I were to bet, I would have bet on BetOnline.ag. Use promo code locked on, get a 50% welcome bonus. That's hard to beat. You can beat the egg. You can beat a bush. You can't beat a 50% welcome bonus from BetOnline.ag. You can also play casino-style games. You can play poker. You can play roulette. You can play blackjack. All these things at BetOnline.ag. It's a ton of fun. Go give them a whirl. BetOnline.ag. Now I want to tell everybody before Jimmy comes on, um, this has been a tumultuous time. I've been in New York. Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, trying to catch this early morning flight. Had one daughter flying to Columbus, unaccompanied minor, that I had to get her on the plane early this morning. Got up at 3 o'clock this morning. No shit, I really did. And um, now I'm in the Sky Club just sort of chilling and cutting a podcast. But 
man, losing Cecil Hurt is a huge blow to the Alabama community. Jimmy and I didn't have a chance to talk about it yesterday because we didn't know about it at the time when we cut the started cutting the podcast and he started sending me his individual um, segments. But uh, Cecil Hurt was a great, great dude, as you all know. I don't have to tell any of you because you're Alabama fans that um, Cecil Hurt was the best, and he will certainly be missed. He's left a gaping hole in the Alabama media community and the Alabama community and the journalism community. He was just a fantastic person, um, really witty, clever, uh, just such a good writer, and um, greatly missed he will be. So, uh, boy, I sounded like Yoda there. I wish I'd said that better. But anyway, Cecil Hurt was a great, great dude. Roll tied forever, Cecil. And, um, you know, at least maybe up, up in heaven you get to see Fluff of Potamus now and you two can, you know, exchange stories some more and watch the tide from up above. But, um, yeah, very, very sad stuff. So just wanted to make note of that. And now here's Jimmy with a couple of segments for you. Hey, it's Jimmy Stein from Locked On Bama on a solo rant, a solo uh, diatribe here while Luke is vacationing uh, with the family in New York City. Boy, it's got to be a stranger in a strange land uh, from, uh, from uh, you know, from, from, from Lake Martin, Alabama to, uh, to New York City. But anyway, uh, what I want to talk about on this uh, segment is common opponents. Um, it's game 12. Uh, Alabama and Auburn are in the same division in the same conference, so we've played a lot of the same teams. Uh, a great way to, to look at this matchup is, okay, we've played five common opponents, and how did Auburn do and how did Alabama do against those common opponents? Uh, you know, uh, not everything in football is relative or works like that. There's not al- it's, al- it's not always uh, a transitive property. You know, we beat this team, you lost to that team, therefore we're better than you. That's, that's not how it works. There's matchups and teams that play up and down. And, you know, none of it's science. None of it's, it has to be logical. But, but you can get some insight. So uh, against the five common opponents, what's interesting is Alabama is 4-1 and one with a loss to Texas A&M. Auburn is 3-2 and two with also with a loss to Texas A&M. Uh, and a loss to Mississippi State. Those two games, I think, are the most interesting in terms of common opponents, uh, Texas A&M and Mississippi State. Texas A&M is interesting in the sense that both teams lost to A&M, but the games played out radically differently. A&M, who has an elite defense, shut Auburn down, shut them out. I mean, really, it was 20-3, I believe. Uh, Auburn had generated very little offense in the game. A&M didn't generate a ton of offense. Calzada didn't play that great. Uh, Good good defensive performance by Auburn, but A&M just really shut them out. And the A&M-Alabama game, as we know, it was a total shootout. A&M won 41-38, whereas Auburn had difficult time scoring. Alabama did not, scoring 31 offensive points, even against that elite A&M defense. so I think what that A&M game tells us right off the bat, first of all, Alabama's a lot better on offense than Auburn, a lot better. Uh, and defensively, Auburn's pretty good. Auburn holds A&M to 20 points. Alabama allowed 41 that night. So uh, let's chalk one up for Auburn's defense. Obviously, they're capable of playing pretty well. Now we get to Mississippi State, though. Alabama playing its best game of the season, wins that 49-9. to uh, Auburn loses. Auburn played terrible after getting up 28-3. So Auburn's first half looked a whole lot like Alabama's against Mississippi State. 
but then falling apart, proving that, you know, really they're not Alabama. Uh, Alabama hadn't had anything like that happen. Uh, Auburn collapse. They, they get they, uh, Mississippi State scores 40 unanswered. So obviously Auburn's good on defense, but far from perfect. Uh, Alabama only allowed nine total points to Mississippi State. So Alabama's capable of playing very well on, on, on defense. Uh, clearly had a huge offensive night against Mississippi State. Auburn did for a half, not in the second half. The other three games all played out pretty similarly. Alabama uh, and Auburn were both 3-0 and against uh, Arkansas, against LSU, and against Ole Miss. Uh, frankly, those games were all somewhat similar. Uh, Alabama did beat Ole Miss more handily than Auburn did. Uh, the games against LSU were very similar. Uh, against Arkansas... Uh, Auburn was better on defense uh, against Arkansas than Alabama was. So when you add it all up, though, this is the conclusions I came to. Uh, defensively, these teams are pretty similar, and we can rant about that all offseason because I find it unacceptable uh, that our defense is really not much better than Auburn's because we have a ton of four-stars and five-stars, and they got a lot of three-stars and a couple of four-stars, and Really, our defenses shouldn't be the same, but but really they are. Against these common opponents, Alabama gave up an average of 24 points. Auburn gave up an average of 25 points. Um, so really the defense is very similar in terms of the production, in terms of points allowed. Um, now offensively is where these two are different. Alabama's explosive offensively. Alabama scored 38 per game against those five teams. Auburn 25, you know, so Auburn really finishing three and two, but only outscoring these teams by an average of 26, 25, Auburn really 500. When, when you, when you take that into account, Alabama won these games by an average of 38, 24, despite losing one game to A&M. I think the common opponent matchup shows Alabama's the better team. You should expect Alabama to win the game. Now factor in this, all of those common opponents, Auburn played with Bo Nix at quarterback. It is only logical that T.J. Finley is not as good as Bo Nix, and we see in the one game Finley has to start and play the whole game, they lose to very average South Carolina. Uh, my opinion, they would have won the game if Bo Nix had still been in a quarterback. Uh, so I'm taking a touchdown away from Auburn, uh, just simply of replacing Nix with Finley. I, I think that's going to cost them at least seven points. So I use the common opponents to come up with my score for the game. It's early in the week, but I'm going to go ahead and give it. And that's that I think Alabama's going to win this game 38-17. to I'll be back with another segment shortly. Jimmy Stein on Locked On Bama. Let's talk about Staff Players of the Week. Uh, I do this running thing on my On3 message board. Uh, if you guys haven't subscribed, please do. You can read my work. Uh, you know, I'm not not doing the lawyer thing anymore. I'm just doing Alabama football all day long, and you can read my daily thoughts on the on three message board. Um, and today, uh, I also uh, did something about the staff player of the weeks. So we've kept a running tally all year long of all the guys named staff player of the week, and kind of kept a tally. And the reason being is it's great insight into who the staff believes was a good player over the course of the season. Uh, just add up how many times has this guy been a staff player of the week? It's obviously the guys that the staff believes are playing well. And now that we're 11 games into it, patterns clearly have formed. 
uh, you can see who the staff believes is good. It comes as no surprise, really, but it, it cements probably what you think, and that is on offense, the consistent players of the week were Bryce Young, Brian Robinson, Jamison Williams, John Mechie, and Evan Neal. That's five guys. They all had multiple. By multiple, I mean more than two. They were players of the week several times. The staff giving them shout-outs several times as playing really well and helping us win the games. Uh, what's insightful is not only that it's those five guys, it's where are the other six. And there's actually seven or eight because you're, you're talking about multiple, multiple, you know, more than 11 starters when you count Slade Bolden, Jaleel Billingsley, Cameron Latu, uh, the other four offensive linemen. As we know, number two and number three running backs often play in games. So I think it's the staff basically telling us that, look, four of the five offensive line positions aren't that great. That's what the staff is telling us with these selections. Again, we already knew this. We know this, but now the staff is confirming it, and that's why it's insightful. No other offensive lineman. Dalcourt was a player of the week twice, okay? Everybody else was just like once. And, and, and one week, the whole offensive line was named player of the week because they were really pleased with, with how that unit played in one particular game. So, again, on offense, half of those guys were consistent players of the week. The other half, just not good enough. And that's the staff telling us that. Four offensive linemen, no Billingsleys, no Latus, no Boldens as offensive players of the week. Uh, it, it doesn't say a lot, but it speaks loudly, doesn't it? Now, on the defensive side, Sort of similar. Will Anderson was named Staff Player of the Week every single game, but like once or twice. I mean, Will Will is a Player of the Week. I mean, as it's the staff going, we couldn't be any happier with this dude. Uh, Phil Mathis, multiple times. All the other defensive linemen on the roster combined for one mention. DJ Dale, one week. All the other defensive linemen, no mentions. What is that telling us? Inside, Henry Toto... He finishes with three or four. Christian Harris with two or three. I think that's the staff saying, those guys are pretty good. They're pretty good. They're not consistent. They're not great every week. But they've been good for us. They've helped us win some games. I don't think that's the staff really pooping on those kids, but at the same time not not waving the flag either. I think think we've just had sort of inconsistent results there. It's not as bad as some of y'all think. I I read a lot of criticisms on social media about eight and ten and – it's gone too far. They really aren't bad. I mean, Henry Toto is just an SEC player of the week. That's carefully selected. Those names aren't picked out of a hat. Uh, so, you know, the other outside linebacker position, we've had three different guys start there. Chris Allen, Drew Sanders, now Dallas Turner. Uh, not a lot of players of the week a couple times, but I think we all know that we've manned that position pretty well considering the turnover. Defensive backs, Jalen Armour Davis, he's been named a staff player of the week more than all the other DBs. That tells us a lot. That tells us that best player game one to game 11 in the defensive backfield, Jalen Armour Davis. That's what the staff thinks. Second most mentions Jordan Battle, but considering how much experience he has as a starter, he wasn't named player of the week that often. I think twice or maybe three times max. Uh, That's not a lot considering his experience, but it's the second most. Job once. Uh, Helms once. Uh, Malachi Brian Branch, not not really at all uh, off the top of my head. Uh, speaks a lot about what the coaches think about the defensive back group, what the coaches think about the defensive line group. 
and uh, and frankly, they should have been better. We did have returning experience with Job and Battle. Helm started half a year a year ago. Six defensive linemen came into the year expected to be good players. I'm not sure any more than Mathis had a good year, although his year was very good, uh, all SEC in my opinion. So that's where we're at with uh, with the staff players of the week. Uh, it's the staff literally telling us who they're pleased with, uh, especially when you tally it all up. So appreciate you guys listening to Locked on Bama, uh, to me and Luke, and, and having patience with us when we, as you know, this isn't the, the first and foremost job. We, we get to this when we can, and and we both have busy lives, and Luke's in New York, and and, and, and I'm having a normal week, but then it's, uh, then it's the holidays. So appreciate you guys being patient. Uh, but but listening every day, and uh, we hope to keep you all entertained. Roll Tide.